Hello. It is that time again where I like to give a shout out to other music podcasts out there that I think are cool. One that I've been enjoying for quite a while now is My Favorite Album with Jeremy Dillon. Jeremy is an Australian guy. I'm not sure if he's a musician himself, but he works in the music industry. He's primarily a filmmaker. I believe he's made some documentaries. Anyway, he's a funny guy to listen to. His show's very well put together. The idea of it is basically he interviews different musicians about their favorite album and how it's influenced them. He's had everybody from John Oates to Van Dyke Parks to Robin Hitchcock, Jason Isbell. You get the idea. Definitely makes for a fascinating listen for uh, any of you music geeks out there. So again, that's my favorite album with Jeremy Dillon on iTunes and also at MrJeremyDillon.com. You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 24, we have Lux Deluxe. Lux Deluxe is a five-piece rock band from Western Massachusetts. Its members are keyboardist Gabe Bernini, singer Ned King, bassist Jacob Rezaza, guitarist Caleb Rezaza, and drummer Jake Edwards. They have a new album that just came out called Let's Do Lunch. Now, we couldn't get the whole band together for an interview during the couple weeks I was visiting uh, my hometown in Massachusetts, but I did get to sit down with Ned, Jacob, and Jake. Uh, I just wrapped up a mixing session for some of my new songs in East Hampton, and then I biked right on over to interview them at their basement studio on my way home. And the Lex Deluxe studio setup is pretty sweet. They had every piece of gear you'd imagine a rock band would ever need. While I was waiting for them to get things set up, I was fooling around on an old Honer clavinet they had sitting around. I was also going to play on their Wurlitzer, but they already were done setting up the mics by that time. Because I did use their recording setup, the sound's probably going to be a little different than it is normally for the podcast. But whatever, it's just people talking anyway. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Thank you guys for having me in uh, Lux Deluxe headquarters. It's a good name. Of course. Out here yeah. in East Hampton. So I'm here with, uh, I got Jacob mm-hmm. and uh, Ned. That's me. And another Jake. Yep. Two Jakes. The two Jakes. Isn't that like <laughs> a Chinatown sequel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We should do our own spinoff movie, I think. Yeah, I know. Uh, tonight, later. Yeah. <laughs> So Lux Deluxe is five people total? Yeah. So in addition to you guys, who are, who are we missing today? Uh, there's uh, Gabe, who's the keyboard player, and Caleb, the guitar player, who's off. He's kind of re- recording uh, some guitar for somebody else right now. <laughs> uh, side project? Yeah. And uh, so, Ned, you're the singer? Yes, I am. And Jake, you're on? And I, I play the, yeah. Play the drums. Play the drums, and then you must be... Bass, bass. yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty full sound. I think so. I think we make sometimes too much sound. <laughs> With, too much we, noise. It's, it's weird. We, Ned used to play guitar, too, but now he just sings. So we kind of... Uh, the two-guitar thing is like a definite sound. Yeah. So we kind of have... Well, it's been long enough that we figured it out, I think, but it took a while to figure out how to replace the guitar with keyboard stuff 
so Gabe kind of plays like a guitar guitar player. <laughs> so there's like a little, it's very still very beefy sound, even though there's just one guitar. So you guys have been consistently, though, it's been you five guys for a while now, right? Eight been together years, for yeah. Eight years. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, all of you I, uh, I remember going to high school with during my very brief <laughs> yeah. tenure, tenure at, at high school. Yeah. Now, I was at high school period for a total, like, four months, maybe. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, because, yeah, I remember you were all playing together back then, and you just kind of, that, yeah. that stuck, I guess. You guys all gelled. Yeah, sort of. I mean, we kind of started working with Jake after, but Jacob and I, we didn't have a band. We just did. Do you remember Lenny and the Jets? Were you around for that? <laughs> maybe I saw something about that on Facebook. Yeah, that was like I had an alter ego, and we did, like, covers, and I would, be this weird character who would insist that all the covers were my songs that had been stolen from me and we would just do those at the open mic so that was kind of like the beginning of the performance the, the origin thing. yeah the front man thing it kind of like actually started off like that like a joke sort of this band did yeah you're talking about well we started off doing lenny and the jet stuff which was not serious at all obviously and then we were we kind of like started this this band, it's all it's a mental game for us. <laughs> and then it got, because we were like, well, now it's like a real band. We have to be super serious. And then we've been kind of just slowly going back in that direction, like more jokey ever since. I wouldn't say jokey. It's not like, it's just yeah, having, I would just more, more relaxed. Yeah. Not yeah. as, not as intensely serious. I mean, eight years will give you a, a level of camaraderie and yeah, you I think know everybody where you knows guys are coming to... from with your playing styles yeah exactly i think everybody knows how to play with each other better than we realize it's just sort of just it's just like a natural thing at this point so do you have one guy writing all the songs or do you write the songs as a band no jacob and i used to write the songs like we basically do like a 50 50 split on like on our first album and then kind of morphed and now we just all do it together for the most part in some fashion one person will write lyrics or something and then or maybe somebody will come up with the guitar part, or it's just evolved a lot into being more of a communal communal process. Yeah, Communital. sometimes I mean it's just sitting down here, three of us with instruments coming up with a with a cool hook or a cool groove, anything really. Just something fun to play together. Yeah, definitely. So you guys must get to play together a lot, practice and stuff. Like you don't have to rent out a rehearsal space somewhere and. Yeah, we take that time to meet. We take that for granted. Definitely, like that. (laughs) And so I was in a band that, like, split the rent of this room, so it had to be like scheduled when each band could go because there were like five bands. When we could go in and practice, it was it could only be like once a week. So this is pretty awesome that we can just basically come here every single day. (laughs) There's usually something going on. We don't practice nearly as much as we should, probably, but. We used to practice almost constantly, and now we'd probably do it a couple times a week. But it's yeah, it kind of depends on what's going on. You've all been doing a lot of gigs this year, right? Like a lot Fair of amount, release yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, once we the youngest member is is Gabe. Uh, by kind of a lot. Only if <laughs> you're like thinking of like when you're a teenager, it's a lot. It was a lot for a while. We were like adults, and he was still in high school. <laughs> so we were like kind of yeah, that's a like big difference. Really Didn't limited stay in clubs after. Yeah, we, yeah we were kicked out of clubs immediately. <laughs> he's under twenty one. 
We were really limited by how many shows we could do, though, too. So we didn't really get, like, serious about playing until just, like, a couple years ago. Everybody became of age. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's been three or four years that we've actually been more active, probably. So we now that we tour, we tour more, like, definitely the em- emphasis is more on shows. And then, because, you know, we don't want to just practice forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you want to share what you're making. Rather yeah, than exactly. Yeah. That's the fun part. Practice is fun like 50% of the time for me. Sometimes <laughs> and then the other it's time, like, it's just... It really depends on what you're practicing. It's really, a means to an end. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's really frustrating, and you just wish that it could, you know... Yeah, if there's five guys, and they're all doing their own part, like maybe you have your part down, but there's that one person that needs to get a certain section of the song down or a certain riff and it's like you just gotta wait on them yeah. and we all know who that one person is we're not gonna say it <laughs> we, all, we all know who it is Jake <laughs> it's also more difficult um, having that many people and we're all kind of you know equals in the band it's not like one person's project where yeah. they just kind of dictate which parts everybody does so it's kind of a to to reach you know the the sweet spot of a song. It can take a little while, right? You're dealing with a lot of back input and forth. from five different people, right? Yeah. I mean, would you guys say there's one person in the group who's more of a driving force than anybody else, or is it truly just split twenty percent for everybody? I think it depends. There's a lot of song. factors. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot. It kind. It depends on a lot of. When it comes to rehearsal, it depends on the show. Depends on who has an idea for something. Sometimes, you know, like Gabe will have a whole idea of how he wants the star show to start, or you know, so it c- people drive the rehearsals based on different factors. Who wrote a song, you know, something like that. So you guys made your second album. Yes. Let's do lunch. We like to say second album <laughs> rather <laughs> than we have a first. <laughs> no, we just have a first that we like to pretend doesn't exist. We actually have three albums. Oh, okay. But you can't find but yeah, that but first it doesn't one exist. anywhere online or anywhere else. Except for iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. But other than you that, it's a complete secret. <laughs> Except for like the most popular music website. You can buy it, though. <laughs> Your latest release, Let's Do Lunch, I take it that was recorded down here mostly in this home studio? Down here. It's a mix of down here, and it started outside with a, like a four-track set recorder. Wow. Yeah. We would just set up right out here in the yard. <laughs> With, like, a drum set and, uh, well, it would switch every day, guitar or, like, bass or whatever. Like, you know, obviously only four tracks could be used. And then we bounced it into here, did the rest down here. So it's a, it's, it was a mix. And uh, was there a certain theme you guys were going with for this album? Or hmm. when it, what was the decision to kind of put it together in this package? And Well, we had made a whole other basically a whole other album like the the previous over the summer leading up to the fall when we started working on it that was just um was never intended to be a lux deluxe record so that kind of formulated the process of making the album but this i don't know if there was ever like a theme other than the fact that it was all the songs where we limited ourselves with the four tracks so they were all going to sound a certain way and we would kind of go about the process of writing songs by being inspired by other people's music in a lot of ways. So we could be like, oh, let's make a song that sounds like J.J. Kale or something, or Tom Petty. And then we would come down here and, like, mess around with the instruments. And because we were so limited, like, we could only do so much. And that was kind of what was cool about it, because you could 
you had kind of infinite possibilities with a limited amount of instrument and sound capability. Oh, that's kind of an interesting combination. Yeah. So you didn't Definitely. get too carried away on Pro Tools. Yeah, exactly. We would, I mean, we would obviously record on Pro Tools afterwards, but it was, you know, the opposite of the album we did before we were in the studio and, and we would have limited time, and but we would have, you know, all the stuff at our disposal. And so we were kind of trying it ourselves, <laughs> seeing what we could do, just the five of us. So I'm guessing you guys are all pretty heavily influenced by 70s music, yeah. judging by what I've heard so far. I think so. Yeah. I think we kind of separately have slightly, like, we definitely have overlapping interests. I think actually probably that's where all of our music influences overlap. Yeah. Is, but we we kind of all have, like, what what are those graphs called where the circles go over each other? Oh, Venn diagram. Venn diagram. Yeah. Venn diagram. yeah. Ours is ours is right we all meet in the middle with like seventies seventies classic rock, 60s, I guess. Seventies, yeah. Yeah. As most bands do. I mean, probably, it's, right? it's just bands. the most fun to play. Yeah. It's just in terms of I think in terms of all of us enjoying sound quality and albums. I mean it's the yeah, most the classic arts of albums. the album. Yeah, it's just the, it's important. I think like the recording, the show for us is the most important thing. Like we like to do a good show and do something crazy and fun, but like recordings are also incredibly important. So we try and make sure that we're doing stuff that's cool and you know that we're all happy with. So how'd you guys come up with the name Lux Deluxe anyway? Uh, this goes back. A friend of mine and I used to make just like. When we really were kids, like 12, would make like uh, videos around my hometown of Orange, which is like this tiny... I know know, Orange. ...mill town, yeah. Ain't nothing much over there. No, not much. Apparently, they're making a Stephen King... Hulu is making a Stephen King uh, show there. It's an appropriate location. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, (laughs) interestingly enough. So maybe Orange will be a little bit less unknown soon. But the point is... It's probably not going to show it in a good light, though. No. It's no, it's going to be like a scary, thing. scary, <laughs> scary <laughs> Stephen King town. But it'll still be, I bet you they'll show shots. It's supposed to make it look like Maine, I guess. Huh. So I don't know why they didn't yeah, It's too expensive Maine. to film in Maine. <laughs> Is it know? too expensive to film? I feel like it's going to be like a film credit. They it's like do. a film tax or something here. Oh, like yeah. They also have a studio, I guess, in Devons. So maybe oh. that's why. Anyway. So anyway, Orange. So Orange is crappy. So the point is that we would make it. We would know that it was crappy and go out and make films that made it look like it was really cool. But mm-hmm. the whole point was that it was like just us going to different dive bars and being like, this is the next bar. Right. You know, like doing stuff. And one of them was uh, us dressed up as disco dancers, like going for like a night on the town. We're like little kids. <laughs> and uh, what was the names? One of the guy's names was Lux Deluxe. Oh. And the other guy's name was, it was like Todd something. Todd Duncan. Todd Duncan. That's Lux Deluxe and Todd Duncan. I'm Lux Deluxe and I'm Todd Duncan. (laughs) Anyway, so that was years ago. And then I had mentioned this story about this movie that we had made to the guys. And they recommended that we call the band that. And I was very against it. And then we chose that band name. Yeah. We may, we could have come up with a better band name, maybe. Who knows? But, you know, you can't live in the past, right? We've made our choice. We're going to live with it. One time we were told by a guy. In an email that we had chosen the worst, but he was like, oh, "You remember this? <laughs> yeah, this was I like seven I th- I was years ago." About it the other day, we like asked this guy for help for something. Yeah, uh, what reminded me of it is we were talking about going to South by Southwest again next year. Was that part of the same tour that we had asked this? Yeah, guy? that's yeah. when I started thinking about this guy. <laughs> it's really weird. 
he I was like kind of like directed to this guy to potentially help book a show or two or something. And so I emailed him and I was like, hey, so-and-so sent me your way, uh, wondering if you would be able to help with um, shows or anything like that. And he said, this response was like, no, I can't help you with shows, but I will tell you that your name is bad. Mm. <laughs> it was more than that. It was, was like, yeah, he went into detail about it. He was like, it's, it's uh, nobody's going to be able to find it when they Google it because of the spelling. And it's like not like a, like a normal... It's not like normal words that you can look up. And I was like, I didn't really ask <laughs> for any of this. Unsolicited. We, we looked up his, he had, he had like bands on his, that he was promoting and they all had the worst names. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, well, that like must have been Death Snake from Mars. You know, and <laughs> Some like, of them were uh, also made up words, like was, fake words. That they <laughs> none of them were real bands. He would just type in, you know, random words and letters. And so just, your confidence in the name is come a little way since then I hope I think so I guess so we've just stuck with it and I think it's we. I've never gotten a bad response other than that one I'm sure people don't like the name but those people can go fuck themselves <laughs> I mean I assume at least some of you like to dress up when you perform Ned do you wear uh, any kind of costumes or suits or stuff uh, it depends I like to think of them as uh, I feel like costume implies that I would be like that it's not real yeah but I like the stuff I wear and I would wear it normally too like uh, I don't know if you just go around wearing a onesie I mean, yeah, I do at home. <laughs> I guess I could walk around. I yeah, I used to wear. I wear like a. I call it a fireman's pajama suit, but they call it a onesie. Red, you know, like what Santa would wear, and then like a white tuxedo jacket. Santa, you know, he wears. Doesn't he wear one of those? Yeah, he does. Underneath his. Uh... <laughs> you know what Santa's wearing underneath his. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've, I mean, I've met Santa, but you've been visited by Santa. I've been yeah. Well, I visited him, but the. I think he wears he regular wears, clothes. No, he wears like the red pants, right? The yeah. trousers. But underneath, he wears the onesie. I thought it was just like, yeah, a, just like a, a white shirt. A white t-shirt or something. He undressed no. to show you. Oh, you I'll show you. I'll show you. The Santa Claus starring yeah, but, Tim Allen. Yeah, but haven't you seen the real Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> well, just look at that any is painting the real Santa from, Claus. You know, 1950 before, and you'll find the real Santa Claus within. Maybe if he's going he to bed. He wears a onesie. But yeah, it's he like lives that. at the North Pole. Uh, anyway, so that you know, we kind of put together a whole bunch of outfits for this album in particular that were like uh, that we had like custom made in England, and they're like uh, mod sort of turtlenecks t-shirts with uh-huh. like our like logo letters printed on them and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, because I feel like since you're gonna call yourself Lux Deluxe. Kind of dress in a Lux Deluxe fashion. I feel. Oh, like well, I, I guess. The are you? Th- are you thinking that I? My name is Lux Deluxe. No, I just mean. Or the band. Yeah, that's the kind of the ah. image you start to expect as people. Something special. Kinda, yeah, you're way. dressed to the nines. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of that's what we're trying to do. We try and do something. You know, we never like to keep it the same, but at the same time, we want it to be exciting and crazy. So we're always experimenting with clothing ideas. We don't keep it simple. Yeah, so you guys said live performance is like the most important thing for the band. That's where you guys sort of shine. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> sounded so sad about it. Sound excited about it. Uh, um, well, yeah. yeah. Have there uh, have there been any gigs recently that have been real highlights for you? Any exciting stories out there on the road? Hmm. Met anybody interesting? Mm. Always meeting interesting people. Always. Yeah. 
every single night, every show. Yeah, you're asking the question, and I'm drawing a blank on something. I'm sure well, I've got some weird stories. Uh, we, we did a, we did all, a, uh, all of our shows recently have been yeah, pretty, pretty exciting. Good. Yeah, all the release shows we've been doing, the one in Boston, and we did one in New York. And they've all been New York was fun. Good, good audience. Good old hometown show was fun. We got some good video. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we did some stuff around New Year's that was like a big deal for us. A bunch of stuff like at Higher Ground in Burlington, so like much bigger shows. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. All around this year has been uh, been pretty good. Looking up, we've had like we haven't. You know, it used to be in the past you'd do a show and you'd be worried that nobody would show up, but, and we still worry that nobody's going to show up. <laughs> but you don't. But people that always do. happen as often. Yeah, no, we're just always surprised. There's always a crowd, so things something must be going right. Keep my expectations super low so that every time there's even. Ten people there, I feel You're amazing. Like, wow, <laughs> it's better than I expected. <laughs> but there are always more than ten now. Yeah, yeah, thing. we're very fortunate. So I'm always. Sometimes we are 12. getting. I'm always really happy. We are getting huge. They're <laughs> getting crazy. Since Lux Deluxe started, till eight years later. I mean, your relationship to the live show, like, what's changed? Do you guys approach it a lot differently now? You feel like you've learned about how to put on a, a better show for people? Nope. It's just <laughs> no. You just keep doing it. Yeah, it's completely different. I, Jacob I don't think it, it could be more different. Yeah, <laughs> we were like literally a maybe country it could band. be. Let's we should we should see if we can make it more like different. Like a country band, not really. You mean musically, you were different, or just oh, music, everything about it was different. Even our setup was different. Biggest difference. We was were totally like almost a full on country band. <laughs> we yeah. had like those cowboy shirts and. Mm-hmm. Ned played Cowboy l- shirts came before the music, I think, actually. Ned played acoustic guitar on a bunch of songs and like I think your shirts influenced the music more than maybe anything. The, yeah, the style. Maybe that's the case. But I you know does. the guitar goes away and then you gotta ask yourself a bunch of questions about what kind of music you're playing at that point. <laughs> that <laughs> Ned, was I Ned think the had most a lot more freedom to move around and express himself I with his body. So <laughs> yeah, evolving as a frontman of a band when you don't have a guitar, which is kind of an awkward thing at first, not having a yeah, guitar. You gotta guitar. learn how to own it, how to use yeah, that stage. Definitely. That so the, takes yeah, time. Then the references that we would make switched more to like we would talk about like bands with frontmen like the Rolling Stones, uh Jay Giles or like Iggy Pop and like so we yeah, yeah, yeah. we like kind of went away from it was like almost like singer songwriter at yeah. the beginning and we we've moved yeah the expectations kind of shift yeah and the music shifts because of it it took us a while because we had to start writing songs that weren't geared towards me playing guitar basically and that in it of itself is like a difficult thing to do because you start to you know think about what's going to make the song cool in terms of what I'm doing more than just musically. I don't know. I think being doing frontman stuff it doesn't. I mean, it comes naturally to me in terms of being weird and <laughs> doing like intense stuff on stage, just because I was doing that before this band. But like Jacob was saying before, it just we started to take ourselves a little more seriously. I think, and so it felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. But that's really not the case. Just gotta and as far grow as into like it. what you were asking specifically about the evolution of the perform or yeah the shows the live shows. Uh, I think we kind of just, I don't think we thought about it at the beginning, really. We just kind of stood there and played, which is yeah. cool. I mean, there, there's start tons somewhere. of bands that do that that I really like that are cool. But we were like, we got to be like at this point in the in this uh, line of work, <laughs> you have to, it's super competitive and you got to be the most interesting that you can possibly be. So then we got really like, 
we'd had like lots of conversations about how are we going to like catch people's attention and keep mm. it the whole time. So the the performance part got it almost felt like uh it was like over the top like we were like oh this is definitely going to be too much but it's weird when it's people like people responded to it. You're though. in a performance setting like you kind of do have to be over yeah. the top for it to you to project to like a room of people yeah. and and be engaging. Got to be a little outrageous. Yeah, exactly. Be provocative. Everything has to kind of be exaggerated. Even if you, I, I know. I guess that's what they would tell you in theater. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. You have what to they let go of some of those inhibitions, I think, because you. Uh, Do you mean drink before you play? <laughs> I always drink before I play. Oh, yeah. But you assume that you're, look, you look like an idiot, you know? At first, but it's like you look, you know, if you go and see the Stones, you don't think that Mick Jagger looks like an idiot. Oh, you might, but you might, you're also like, well, but the people there are the Rolling Stones. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's like, you know, an incredible experience. Are any of those bands that. that are super famous and really, you know, like, and they're famous for a reason because they're outrageous in a lot of ways, even though they're great. Yeah, I suppose if you just saw like David Bowie doing Ziggy Stardust, but without any context, you had no idea who the guy was, you'd probably. Be more than a little if confused. I heard the songs, you know, I, Ziggy Stardust is an incredible album, so like right. I would be the blown music away would grab by you, it. I guess. But just the initial image, you'd probably be like, "What, what yeah, is this guy yeah, trying to exactly. do?" I'm sure if you were just thrown in a room, not knowing anything about him, that would be a bizarre experience. <laughs> but that's probably a good thing, rather yeah. than just like, I don't know if I would care much for him if I just saw him playing and totally normal like just yeah, like just being himself yeah i don't know at a show i don't know if i would you know i would rather feel like really weirded out and not really know if i like it or not <laughs> than to feel indifferent about the performance i think too that like it's easy to feel like you're doing more than you really are we used to that's true we used yeah. to watch videos of ourselves afterwards after shows which was really hard i'm no fan of that myself it's really hard because it sounds terrible i hate every aspect of it but it's really it's like uh, educational because you can pinpoint like what you need to work on yeah exactly like watching an autopsy <laughs> <laughs> unless it's good and sometimes it is we're getting there you know so if live performance and connecting with your fans that way if that's one of your favorite aspects of uh, doing Lux Deluxe. What's one of your least favorite parts about doing the band? The business stuff, probably. Yeah, probably the booking and like the like working on a website or like designing. Squarespace is so fun. What are you yeah, talking no, about? Actually, we had a website before. We had a. I won't say the company because I think that's mean. But we yeah. had a different company before, and they sucked. <laughs> and it was annoying to use their website. Like I couldn't even. It wasn't intuitive at all. You like really need somebody who knew how to do code to help you with it. And so, we have, you know, we're a different platform now that helps us a lot better. But it's just like all that stuff that's tedious. That like. Yeah. That you don't, nobody appreciates at all, you know, because you're just, you're doing the work, and nobody ever is gonna think about. People might think like, oh, your website looks cool, but they're not gonna think of that you worked on it for yeah, five all weeks. the effort that went into it. I yeah, think most people but, probably think we didn't work on it at all. Yeah, <laughs> it I think really bad. <laughs> a lot of no, our website looks pretty good. No, no, now. I I don't mean it that way. I mean like I think a lot of people don't really take into account how much tedious work a band does if you're in, how much just if all not, the little like, things if you're a totally yeah. independent it's like 
so much s- stupid stuff has to get done <laughs> that you really don't associate with uh, art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, we... it's a business thing. So there's a lot of businessy stuff that we do as well. And now that we have the, a label with us, uh, things might change a little bit, but I'm imagining it's still going to be a lot of work for us doing just a lot of the legwork that's involved. It's like, it literally, I don't know what the percentage is, but <laughs> the amount of like, it kind of depends on the time of year and what we've got going on, but the amount of creative work we do to the amount of like logistical and just business type stuff is, we do more business work, I think. And that is just the bigger the band gets and the more stuff that's going on. It's like the more money you have to deal with and the more gigs you have to book. And so, you know, more things you have to buy. Things you Always. have to buy. The amount of money you spend a month, it's pretty crazy. But we're getting to the point, I think, where hopefully we'll have other people helping us out with that stuff soon. So that would be the, uh, that's an ideal world. It's important situation. to delegate. Yes, which we do in this band. A lot of delegation. You guys are good at breaking all the tasks up and pretty good at it, involved. I think. Yeah, pretty good. Probably. <laughs> we probably could be better, but I, 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 you know. You're a band, not a company. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, yeah. We also are a company. We're a... Uh, yeah, we're an LLC. Yeah, yeah, we are an LLC. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, beneficial to not think of it as a company, I think, but at the same time to think of it as a business, if that makes any sense. So how is it doing a, an indie band out in this neck of the woods in western Massachusetts as opposed to being in a city? Does that uh, help or hurt, or do you think it informs your style or... Are you guys all from the area? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I wish we had some experience being a band in a city just because I don't really know if it helps or hurts. I mean, what's cool is that we're close to some of the most important music markets in the country. We can go drive to New York and back, you know, in a single day, mm. which is cool. I I mean, yeah. lots of bands don't get that. <laughs> like if you live, you're if, out in Ohio or yeah, something. Yeah, I was gonna say Ohio. It's like you don't have m- very many options in terms of markets that, if you're trying to like build your name, like Cleveland is not like one of the big uh, not music hubs kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. It yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's beneficial to be this close. It's also nice. It's, I think the culture is different if you're in a place like New York City and you're in a band you have to probably think about things a lot differently because there's 10 billion bands there. But there are also a lot of like-minded people to kind of put together shows with and get involved with. The difference, I think, that's good about here is that uh, people know about the scene that comes from Northampton and Western Mass in general. So it's not like an unknown thing. We've got And the Kids and Sun Parade and, you know, Signature Sounds, Lake Street Dive. Just like there's a bunch of bands that, Pixies, and all these bands that come out of this area that are, have kind of given it some credibility. Right. So we're from a small area, but it... It's not the middle of nowhere, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Musically speaking. Exactly, yeah. Cool. We'll see. Someday we may all relocate to a better place. Not better, but different. We've been here a long time. (laughs) We love Northampton. (laughs) I didn't mean it. (laughs) So eight years and also... Uh, Jacob, you're the guitarist. Caleb is your brother. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, all that going on. Five guys. Has anybody ever come close to leaving the group? Have there ever been any serious disputes? 
I think it's definitely been hard, but I don't think uh, we've had any tragedies or anything like that. That would be like the only pressures have ever been just people being like, I want to move somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Which we all kind of felt at some point. But it's like every year we kind of come together and talk about this and it's it's just been sort of like, well, as long as we have prospects, as long as things are like building every year, then we don't necessarily want to take off just yet. So... You know, we got a label. We're going to, you know, we just, there are things that are going that are good for us that could lead to a better place. So it's like you put in eight years, you know, you want to see it through. Yeah, I guess if you've gotten to this point, it's probably going to take a lot to cause any rifts like that. Yeah. We're family, man. (laughs) Family. (laughs) What label are you guys on now? Uh, It's called Old Flame, which ironically is from Ohio. (laughs) Cincinnati. Cincinnati's pretty cool, though. I do not like Ohio or most of the Midwest. Yeah, you don't like it more than everybody else in the band. It's because every time we go... Okay, so (laughs) I don't mind playing in Cincinnati, but we're just traveling. We always do these tours where we're traveling. We go to Nashville, we go to Louisville. We'll be in that area, and then we'll spend like eight days in Ohio for some reason, <laughs> and we'll play it's one because gig. no matter what our tour is, <laughs> we go through Ohio. It's That's, huge. It seems like it blocks. It's like goes across the whole country. Yeah, and we're always there. <laughs> so when no matter it's cold. what, we drive through mm. Ohio at some point. Except we're going back in July, right? We're going back yeah. in July, Plain and Cincinnati. it will be warm. And I think I'll enjoy that. Cool. I've been told Ohio is nice in the summer. I don't think we've ever played there in the summer. So have you guys been around the whole country by now? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we haven't. Uh, California. We haven't hit the West Coast, yeah. which I, you know, you're supposed to do. <laughs> I think we're gonna do that very soon. I promise, because of uh, Jake. That's why Jake's brother runs gear. We're gonna go get a bunch of gear from his brother, and then we'll do a big old tour. Sounds great. <laughs> have there been uh, any destinations that have been? unexpectedly awesome places to play shows any pleasant surprises i think cincinnati was uh one of those the first time we played there i wasn't expecting anything cool but it it definitely was cool like we kind of fit in right away which is so bizarre that it just happened it all worked out that our label ended up being from there too yeah i guess uh, another one is not you know it's pretty obvious but the first time we played in Nashville was awful, and we were like, fuck, Nashville, it sucks so bad. <laughs> and then uh, we went back again, not looking forward to it, and it went really well. <laughs> and yeah. we were just like, depends on the venue. It's a weird... Yeah, it's a weird town in it's, terms of It's uh, the most segregated music scene in terms of, like, just, like, the most commercial yeah, pop country thing, and then, like, this other, like more yeah they got the cool indie scene going down there too. it's like it a really yeah. like thriving, two worlds colliding down like there. punk scene there too and everything that's yeah. we didn't obviously know about when we first went there and then you kind of you kind of have to like do your research and spend some time and but yeah it ended up being really cool i like going there now mm-hmm. yeah it's been good so you guys got the new album let's do lunch you're on your new label you're still got a lot more shows in the works indeed um, Ultimately, what are your uh, your aspirations for the band? Where do you really hope to, to see yourselves? <laughs> uh, we got this whole year ahead of us in terms of we're already planning it, I guess, starting to plan it to the fall. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we're going to maybe, if we're lucky, finish another album over the course of this year. 
This year. Yeah, we're not going to put it out this year, but right. we're going to try and get something cool going. Get a backlog. You know, stuff. the big the big uh, breakthrough record. And then uh, <laughs> and then maybe hit South by Southwest in the spring. And we'll be doing that with the label behind us, I guess. And so there'll be a little bit more. We're going to prep for stuff a little more. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is prepping for what's going to happen in the future. Because usually, you know, you take things one step at a time and you end up losing time. But yeah. we've kind of gotten to the habit of planning things out better. So hopefully the shows will get bigger. We'll, you know, get on some places to get into more markets, play with more bands, just build the uh, buzz around the band. All right, guys, thanks for having me over. It's a fun little chat. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you for having us. Thanks for stopping by. That was Ned, Jacob, and Jake from Lux Deluxe. Bunch of hardworking guys doing their best to make some good rock and roll, repping the Pioneer Valley scene. So... If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are also very appreciated. Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list if you'd like to get weekly updates on the podcast and for my musical outlet, Niagara Moon. Go to niagaramoonmusic.com and scroll down to enter in your email address. You can find the podcast on Facebook. Just look up Talking About the Passion. I'm also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you want to email with any suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, uh, send that over to tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album, Eating Peaches. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next Wednesday.